keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Wednesday, August the 24th, 2022 on the Feast of St. Bartholomew. Here's a question. Uh, When's the last time you had a really, really great confession? Well, today we want to help you 10x your confession and make confession great again. And we've invited Father Charles Van Fleet of the Fraternity of uh, of, uh, St. Peter to be on with us at 35 past the hour to give us the, the real insight on how we can make a great confession, get the most out of it. And uh, and that's coming up, so stick around for that. Hey, at 15 past, uh, there was a, a blasphemous, a really crazy, insulting tweet put out by the Chinese embassy that really uh, attacks Our Lady. Uh, under the veil of uh, sticking a jab at Nancy Pelosi, I want to share that with you, so stick around for that. At the top of the next hour, David O. Gray is going to be on to talk about His Holiness Pope Francis instructing the Vatican uh, and all of the entities to... Uh, deposit their funds in the bank by september 30th what does that mean especially in light of how much uh, financial scandal there has been at the vatican bank over the years he'll catch us up on that a drastic increase is uh, a former executive at uh, twitter has alleged that social media companies had lackluster cybersecurity safeguards and according to this whistleblower there are there was at least more than one several employees who work for foreign intelligence agencies and all of this was kept from elon musk in the deal which is why he's taking them to court uh, walmart announces it will cover the cost of abortions and pay for staff to travel to obtain one remember that the next time you go to uh, to walmart hey, and on monday heavy rainfall in the uh, north part of texas dallas especially just inundated over 15 inches in one part in over a 24-hour period i think there was at least one casualty in that please do keep them in your prayers that's that's pretty pretty bad according to a gallup polls life evaluation index for july 5.6 percent of americans said they were suffering actual suffering in life it's the highest on record since the gallup was established back in 2008 good morning to you rudy carlos Good morning, Joe. Uh, lucky for me, or rather, I'm blessed to say that mm-hmm. I'm not suffering mm-hmm. right now. Not, not, right not now. now. Maybe mm-hmm. after the show's done. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's good to know that you're at least, uh, you know, you can you can appreciate what other Americans are, are going through. Oh, yes. Like you can course. relate. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can relate. You know, the difference is between us and them is, mm-hmm. uh, well, mm-hmm. we can offer it up. <laughs> we can have some sort of purpose in our suffering yeah, buddy. Uh, when we mm-hmm. unite it to our blessed Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. God. Amen. And speaking of suffering, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Suffer extraordinaire. Do mm-hmm. I suffer well? Maybe oh. not, but I suffer a lot. <laughs> my bad. I was thinking about us, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was your day? Oh, it's, it was my day yesterday? Today. Today. Well, it's like half over um, already. Considering that uh, we, uh, so far, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's been... Um, Uneventful. Praise be to God. Uh, it's a you know Chinese proverb: "Have interesting days." And today has not been interesting. So praise be to God. It's been pretty normal. No, well, <laughs> so far so good. Well, then let's just hope it doesn't get weird. <laughs> but, hmm. Okay. Uh, weird would be less than optimal. I would. It argue. would, in fact, be less than optimal. Yeah. Praise be to God. Have you, either of you made? When's the last time you you can remember you, like you made a fantastic confession? 
I, what, I've hmm. made some confessions between mm-hmm. now and back then. Okay, of course. Like yeah, let's assume that you've been to confession regularly. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah. I would say the, the last really good one was mm-hmm. when I did my general confession. Oh, wow. Whew. Yeah. Like, How long did that? Was like a two a clear, hours? Was that a two-hour deal? or? Uh, I want to say it was like a 15-minute thing. I was oh, that's it? Flying through general, the list. General? And it was only 15 minutes? Uh, well, I was flying through the list really Are you quickly. levitating right now? No, I mean, like, on. for sanctity. Oh, stop it. 15 yeah, minutes. I would, I would love to make a general confession. I've, a I've never heard anybody ever talk about a general confession mm-hmm. really i would love to hear maybe we can ask father van Vliet about yeah. general confessions i think we should as i i feel like that's often overlooked mm-hmm. and almost rarely talked about yeah. i actually would be curious yeah if uh you're a priest who listens to our show have you were you taught about general confessions in the seminary Interesting. and have you ever heard anyone's general yeah. confession i'd be very curious it's i like, don't think i have to make a general confession because my wife does that every week when she goes to confession mm, for me mm. she confesses my <laughs> sins right. generally oh, every week so yeah. Ooh, kind we of should ask father about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it true that joe's wife confesses <laughs> his sins for him all the time <laughs> all right we're gonna pray we're gonna jump in so uh do share us with a friend in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never Never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, and sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, and here are your headlines this morning. From Breitbart, New York City frees South Sudan diplomat on diplomatic immunity grounds after rape arrest. Police officers in New York City arrested a United Nations diplomat for a, from South Sudan on Sunday after he was accused of twice raping a woman that day, but released him from custody on Monday morning after he successfully claimed diplomatic immunity. The New York Police Department report and other unnamed sources revealed several details about the sex crime allegedly committed by Charles Oliha on August 21st. The South Sudanese diplomat resides in the same New York City apartment building as his alleged rape victim. The Epic Times reports it just spurs us on. Pro-life pregnancy center unfazed by hit from Jane's revenge vandals after Roe vs. Wade was overturned. A pro-life pregnancy center in Virginia is rebounding after vandals inflicted thousands of dollars worth of damage there in reaction to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Director of Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center Susan Campbell believes the suspects belong to an anarchist group known as Ruth's Revenge and that they specifically targeted the center because it's in Lynchburg, traditionally known for being conservative and Christian. The attack, Campbell says, hasn't dampened their spirit, just the reverse. She says, quote, we reopened less than 24 hours later began seeing patients again with boarded-up windows. We are continuing the mission. We won't stop, and we will just pray more and put more practical things in place that protect us. And Axios reports, U.S. life expectancy fell in all states in 2020. Life expectancy in the U.S. fell in all 50 states and the District of Columbia from 2019 to 2020 and fell nationally by 1.8 years, according to new Centers for Disease Control and Prevention data published yesterday. The CDC said that southern states and D.C. were more likely to have lower life expectancies, as were Indiana, Missouri, New Mexico, Ohio, and Oklahoma. They also said that western and northeastern states were more likely to have higher life expectancies. 
And Military.com says U.S. to send $3 billion in aid to Ukraine as war hits six months. It's like Groundhog Day all over again. As Russia's war on Ukraine drags on, the U.S. security assistance is shifting to a longer-term campaign that will likely help more American military troops in Europe into the future, including imminent plans to announce an additional roughly $3 billion in aid to train and equip Ukrainian forces to fight for years to come, the U.S. officials said. U.S. officials told the Associated Press that the package is expected to be announced uh, Wednesday today, the day the war hits six months, and uh, that Ukraine celebrates its Independence Day. The money will fund contracts for drones, weapons, and other equipment that may not see the battlefront for another year or two, they said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Bartholomew. All that is known of him of with certainty is that he is mentioned in the Synoptic Gospels and in Acts as one of the Twelve Apostles. His name, a patronymic, means son of Ptolemy. The scholars believe that he is the same as Nathaniel mentioned in John, who says he is from Cana and that Jesus called him an Israelite incapable of deceit. Two ancient testimonies exist about the missions of St. Bartholomew in India. This, these are of Eusebius of Caesarea and of St. Jerome. Both of these refer to this tradition while speaking of the reported, reported visit of Pantanias to India in the 2nd century. Along with his fellow apostle Jude Thaddeus, Bartholomew is reputed to have brought Christianity to Armenia in the 1st century. One tradition has it that the apostle Bartholomew was executed in Albanopolis in Armenia. According to hagiography, the apostle was flayed alive and then beheaded. According to other accounts, he was then crucified upside down, like Peter. He is said to have been martyred for having converted Ptolemaeus, the king of Armenia, to Christianity. Enraged by the monarch's conversion and fearing a Roman backlash, King Ptolemaeus's brother, Prince Astyages, ordered Bartholomew tortured and executed, which Bartholomew endured. According to Catholic and Eastern Orthodox tradition, St. Bartholomew, one of Christ's twelve apostles, was the best known of the preachers of the gospel who had ever set foot on the land of Ezrabajan. He came from India, from which a great number of caravans consisting of pilgrims to the fire country traveled to Albania. Since Caucasian Albania was home of Zoroastrianism, the religion centered around the worship of fire. Of the many miracles claimed to have been performed by Bartholomew before and after his death, two are known by the townsfolk of the small Italian island of Liparea. The tradition of the people was to take a solid silver and gold statue from inside the cathedral of St. Bartholomew and carry it through town. On one occasion, when taking the statue down from the hill toward the town, it suddenly became very heavy and had to be set down. When the men carrying the statue regained their strength, they lifted a second time. After another few seconds, it got even heavier. They had to set it down and attempted once more to pick it up. They managed to lift it, but had to put it down one last time. Within seconds, walls further downhill collapsed. If the statue had been able to be lifted, all the townspeople would have been killed. And during World War II, the order had been given that the silver statue of St. Bartholomew were melted down. The statue was weighed and it was found to only be a few grams. It was returned to its place in the Cathedral of Lipria, but in reality, the statue was many kilograms of silver, and it's considered a miracle that it was not melted down. 
St. Bartholomew the Apostle, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 45 through 51. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine, writing in the 4th century, points out the significance of the fig leaves, having a, a tie going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where they used fig leaves to cover their nakedness after their fall uh, from grace, hiding in a bush. He says, quote, fig leaves then signify sins. And Nathaniel, when he was under the fig tree, was under the shadow of death, so that our Lord seemeth to say, O Israel, who Whoever of you is without guile, O people of the Jewish faith, before that I called thee by my apostles. When thou wert as yet under the shadow of death, and sawest me not, I saw thee. Close quote, St. Augustine. Alcuin, writing in the ninth century, would say, He who alone is absolutely holy, harmless, undefiled, of whom the prophet saith, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch, Nazareus, shall grow out of his roots. That's also quoted in Isaiah 11.1. 1. That was Alcuin. St. Chrysostom ties it all together. He basically points out that Bartholomew was meditating and chewing upon the law and the prophets, seeking earnestly for the Messiah to come. And when, and when Nathaniel said he was from Nazareth, he pondered that. Well, he's supposed to be from Bethlehem. What is the connection back to Nazareth? He was curious, and he answered the call, and he came. And from the shadow of death, from our concupiscent past, our Lord meets us, greets us, and beckons us further still. Let us meditate upon this today. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Do us a favor. Share us with a friend. Captain Drive Time is coming up next. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. I need a savior. Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife with 
without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints, it doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to 10x your next confession. I mean, make confession great again, I say. Have you, have you prepared well for the confessional? What does it mean to prepare well? How do you do it? And we're going to have that conversation with my pastor, Father Charles Van Fleet. He's going to be on at 35 past the hour to help us better dive into prepare, preparing for and making a great confession. And uh, so that's coming up. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. A, but there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And I saw this one yesterday, and I, it gets under my skin, okay, for a number of reasons, and we'll talk about that. But here's the headline out of LifeSightNews.com. Chinese embassy tweets blasphemous cartoon of the Virgin Mary in response to Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit. And I'm like, wait, what? What are we, what are we talking about? Why would they conflate these two things? And, uh, you know, if you're not, obviously, if you're listening on radio, you can't see what I'm seeing here. But what there is, is there's an image of a, uh, a little baby's room. You can think of the baby sleeping in a, in a little crib next to a window. And, uh, in the in the window is an image of what appears to be the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, with her, man, like I say, her blue mantle with a crown of stars over her head. And yet the figure is something more diabolical looking, gone. Get an evil look in the face and reaching out with almost like this claw hand. Uh, reaching for the child, who, is, by the way, is uh, sleeping under the map of China to include Taiwan on that map, which is pretty common. Uh, by the way, a lot of companies accept that map. They refuse to acknowledge Taiwan as a separate entity at all together. And then, obviously, in the room is a big, brawny Chinese man with a hammer in his right hand standing on the, uh, on the ready to defend the child. And the headline says, no one likes war, but no father would ever, would ever allow someone to steal his child. So that's the tweet that the, emba- uh, the embassy of Taiwan or the Chinese embassy sent out. Here's a little bit of the article from LifeSide News. It says the Chinese embassy in France tweeted out a blasphemous cartoon earlier this month as tensions rose in conjunction made by Chinese propagandists depict a witch-like woman with gaunt features wearing a mantle and crowned with stars, climbing through a window towards a sleeping baby under a map of China and a frog. That frog is important. We'll get back to that in a second. With a brawn man holding a hammer looking on, the gaunt figure is depicted as having Pelosi's face. A caption in English at the bottom of the image states, quote, no one likes war, but no father would ever allow someone to steal his child, close quote. 
The tweet containing the image also names it as, quote, Mary the Baby Thief, close quote, and has the hashtags uh, Taiwan and Pelosi visit. Reacting to Pelosi's visit, Chinese ambassador to France stated that the visit was an unnecessary provocation, according to Newsweek, and, uh, and that China would begin a process of re-education, one, one its goals of establishing uh, control over Taiwan, once its goals are, uh, they want to establish control over Taiwan. <clears throat> the sentence construction there is kind of tricky. Uh, Michael Chambon, a theologian and anthropologist writing in the USCA News, stated that the frog is a common image used in China for Taiwan. I did not know this. Uh, were you aware of this, Rudy? No, I've never heard of that. I've before. never. I did not know. I'm learning something. What kind of frog today. are we talking about? Uh, Bullfrog. Yeah, you know, like little poisonous frogs frog. from the rainforests. Like what are we? <laughs> what are we dealing with here? I have no idea. But uh, nonetheless, the article goes on to say he also stated that since the 1950s, the Chinese Communist Party disseminated myths that called Catholic orphanages factories in which Chinese babies would be kidnapped and killed. In other words, uh, the tweet of the Chinese embassy decided to double down on the image and promote old and hardline communist propaganda, Shambon wrote. Quote, the fact that something like that is thinkable and acceptable is concerning. There are Chinese officials allowed to publicly promote this discourse, close quote. Going on to say, quote, this image is not only offensive, but signals a potential return to the early communist ideology that could harm many, close quote, Shambon stated. Shambon also noted that the Vatican maintains relations with, the ta- with Taiwan. Uh, the tweet was released amid Pelosi's visit to Taiwan earlier this month, which pr- uh, promoted or prompted rather backlash from the Chinese government. The Chinese reacted to the visit with five uh, with live fire exercises off the coast of Taiwan and Japan. Well, actually, they fired missiles over the top of Taiwan, over the over a portion of the island, something they had not done before. It really, the tensions raised uh, quite a bit. In fact, there were many experts that said that they were basically putting a, a naval blockade around the entire island, leaving only open one end in order to create, which is according to uh, tactic, in order to uh, create an, an opportunity to escalate even further if certain nations wanted so. So um, the bottom line here is, and the article does go on to talk about the China-Vatican deal, which was signed in 2018, renewed in 2020, is up for renewal in, in October, which basically has been a very controversial issue, something we've discussed here on the program with guests in the past. But I want to go back to this image. Um, I find this incredibly troubling. One, I guess it's because Nancy Pelosi is a purported Catholic that they've conflated these two things. But golly, you is. Um, maybe you should have asked some opinions around town about <laughs> about her level of, on that issue because it doesn't seem to me that this is fair, uh, not only for Nancy, but most importantly for our Blessed Mother. And I wonder how many Chinese Catholics have seen this and are uh, further concerned about this. I mean, Cardinal Zen after all, has been arrested and is being tried in September under this uh, new uh, law in Hong Kong, which is supposed to be a two-state system in China. They were supposed to slowly integrate Hong Kong into the one-state policy eventually, because once once the U.K. gave it over, I think they were supposed to have, was it 50 or 100 years? I can't remember. It was like a, a certain number of 
either 50 or 100 years that they were supposed to have of freedom and democracy in Hong Kong. Well, China said, you know what, that's all well and good, but we're just going to speed the timeline up. Isn't it the case, though, that a cardinal of the church is becomes a citizen of the Vatican? Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't he be, he's a diplomat of Rome. So what did he not have diplomatic immunity? Yeah, you'd think. And mm-hmm. be able to yeah. just be said, hey, we're going to get yeah. our guy back to, yeah. to Rome? You know what would be neat? I think it'd be great if Cardinal Zen could maybe get an audience, go to Rome, uh-huh. and then like in, because he's a cardinal prince of the church, uh, counselor to the pope by definition, mm. could just you know go visit the pope. Yeah, that would be good, and maybe express all that's going on there about right. how legitimate bishops have been asked to give up their sees for for the state of uh, recognized bishops. Yeah, that'd be a good, you know, and, be a good about persecution of like it'd be great if he could just fly to Rome, get that audience, have that meeting. Yeah. Oh, wait, didn't he try that? Sorry, the appointments are all booked. We're, yeah. we're meeting with everybody else beside. But yeah. anyway, I want to go back to this image here. Uh, one of the things that strikes me as odd about this image and its construction, maybe I'm just being too uh, too meta here, but the guy is looking at this specter coming through the window, and he's just sort of observing whether or not the specter is going to take his child. Mm-hmm. I think if I was in the situation and I saw mm-hmm. a specter in the room that looked yeah. like Nancy Pelosi, yeah. I would immediately be grabbing my child <laughs> instead of waiting with a hammer to see whether or not they would make a move. But you're not a propagandist. That's and true. this is pure propaganda. Also, I would not have a map of China in my room. Also, if you were really facing the Blessed Virgin Mary, no hammer would do. That's Uh, true. Honestly, (laughs) she kind of, this this creature that's not the Blessed Virgin Mary looks like the, um, not the Los Muertos, it looks like a Santa Muerte. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It does, isn't it? I'm like looking at it and I'm like, hmm, this is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it's kind of interesting it, that this same yeah. image, like maybe it's the same demon that it's like, uh, or mm-hmm. like people are seeing mm-hmm. when they think about this because it looks just like Santa Muerte, which is the, the death cult in Mexico that has a perversion of the Blessed Virgin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he, you know, you, uh, to your point, Adrian, a minute ago, <clears throat> the Vatican did say, uh, that they are watching Cardinal Zinn's uh, situation with extreme attention. Oh, does, well, does that they're watching. Does that help? <laughs> does that make you feel better? Yeah, I was watching the uh, the O.J. Simpson case with extreme attention as well. well. A lot of people were. Yeah. Kind of like I fathers when yeah. their kid is jumping into the pool for the tenth millionth time, and they're like, did you watch? Yes, I was paying attention. I, that was the, great. For the tenth millionth time? Yeah. You watch with extreme attention the tenth million time. Well, you never. T- did you yeah. see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did, honey. R- great flip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when our uh, eldest daughter, who is uh, just turned six or seventeen, rather, uh, the other day, uh, when she, you know, for her first year, I think we documented every single day of her first year That's on, awesome. on camera. And then the hard drive crashed. And then, well, there's that. <laughs> but but uh, and then the uh, then my youngest child, who is uh, six, uh, you know. I, have we taken a picture of him? I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not sure. So is that kind of like what you're talking about? Like extreme attention? Like, yeah, okay. that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how it is. But uh, it, very blasphemous, very crazy image, you know, taking Our Lady and, uh, and painting this picture of her in such a diabolical way, man. This is CCP China for you. And, I, and I, you know, it just reminds me of how many conversations I've had of, Chinese Catholics who really try to walk that tight line between mm-hmm. not upsetting the state and adhering to their Catholic faith. 
And I just wonder, I'm just very curious where Catholics are in China on things like this. They probably have not seen this image. They're probably, you know, it's probably not circulating in China proper. But, uh, man, it just it really is an, an insane thing to see communist China, a state, put this out, especially since we've not seen any statements mm. coming out of the Vatican that's true. Uh, about this image. I mean, not one single statement from uh, from the bishop or anybody in the Curia or the Pope himself. I wonder if Perlin, Cardinal Perlin, will uh, take this into account as they sign, re-sign the Vatican deal in October. May I suggest to you, whenever we see anything mm. blasphemous like this against our blessed Lord, against uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, anything that is holy, I want to just encourage you to make an act of reparation for this. Because... Um, Chances are most people aren't doing that, and uh, our Lord, Our Lady, they're offended by this. So take a moment today and make a, an act of reparation for this blasphemy that we've seen. Yeah, and pray for Catholics in China, to be sure. Um, many of them are walking a very, very tight rope over there for obvious reasons. And let's pray for the underground church and the bishops that are having to make difficult decisions that they could be facing prison time, like Cardinal Zen is, for instance. He is definitely facing prison time, and he's not a spring chicken. So uh, how well will that go for him? We don't know. Let's pray that that comes out okay. But I further pray that the Vatican will uh, will take into account that whatever the, however that Vatican deal is structured, and we don't know, it's never been re- revealed to us, is it worth, is it worth putting our lady's uh, dignity on the line here. Do we just turn a blind eye to this insult of the Blessed Virgin Mary? I would propose we do not. But nonetheless, it is above my pay grade. Let us pray fast and do penance, offer reparation for this, and ask uh, our lady to intercede, especially in the wisdom of a China-Vatican deal. Amen? Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Rudy Carlos has more breaking news and stories, and then we're going to talk about making confession great again. All coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, you've got to believe in yourself? G.K. Chesterton says, the people who believe in themselves are all in lunatic asylums. You have to believe in something outside yourself. You have to believe that there is a greater reality than the one inside your head. If the only thing you believe in is yourself, your world will become very small, about the size of a padded cell. We live in a world that rejects the worship of the one true God and has substituted something called the God within. But as Chesterton says, if Jones is told to worship the God within, it ultimately means that Jones shall worship Jones. And that's not going to work. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. This one's for you, Joe. Uh, They heard what you said about the IRS. Reuters reports the U.S. IRS launches security review after threats 
misinformation on social media. The U.S. Internal Revenue Service is reviewing safety and security measures in response to what they say is an abundance of threats and misinformation on social media about the agency and its employees, IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick said in a staff memo released on Tuesday. Reddick said the steps include new risk assessments, monitoring perimeter security at facilities, designated restricted areas, and reassessing exterior lighting and entrance security. The Daily Wire reports Yelp now flagging listings for crisis pregnancy centers. Yelp will now start flagging listings for crisis pregnancy centers in order to distinguish them from abortion clinics. Starting on Tuesday, Yelp will place a consumer notice on its crisis pregnancy centers informing users that the centers provide limited medical services and may not have licensed medical professionals on site. The San Francisco-based company, which runs the Yelp.com website, says that uh, crowdsource reviews of businesses have been attempting to separate crisis pregnancy centers from abortion clinics on the platform since 2018. The new prominently listed notice is only the latest action to do so. It will be applied to listings for both faith-based and non-faith-based crisis pregnancy centers. And the Catholic News Agency reports faithful hold Marian procession in Nicaragua despite repression and persecution. Hundreds of faithful Catholics in the clergy of the Diocese of León, Nicaragua, the Diocese of the Archdiocese of Managua, took part in an annual procession of the image of Our Lady of Mercy, the patroness of the diocese. The procession was held in midst of a succession of repressive acts against the Catholic Church by the dictatorial regime of Daniel Ortega in several cities in the country, especially in Matagalpa, where Bishop Rolando Alvarez was abducted by police in the middle of the night and now is being held under house arrest in Managua. Actually, he's in prison. Upon leaving the church, hundreds of the faithful, members of the clergy, and a brass band accompanied the procession with an image held aloft on top of a litter by several men to Fortín de Acosasco, an old military fort atop Acosasco Hill, today used as a weather station. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. I like how you added, and a brass band. And a brass band. Like, great, great little detail. Just so you can all hear us <laughs> processing. And a brass band. <laughs> no, that was fun. Praise be to God. Hey, by, by the way, joining us at the top of the next hour, if you are able to be with us then, uh, David L. Gray from davidlgray.info. The Gray Report's going to be on to talk about uh, Pope Francis instructing Vatican entities to move all funds to the Vatican Bank by September 30th. What does that mean? Tune in at the top of the next hour to find out. But joining us in studio right now is Father Charles Van Fleet from the Fraternity of St. Peter. Good morning to you, Father. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for having me over today. Yeah, we're very grateful for your time. Now, it, it just a full disclosure here, Father Van Fleet is my pastor at Regina Chaley Catholic Church in uh, Houston, Texas. Here. You've been there for a long time now. Yeah, I'm the founding pastor. We I moved here in 2011. The pa uh, parish was formed by the cardinal in 2013, August 15th, 2013. So we just celebrated an anniversary. Nice. And uh, we moved on to the property in Breen Road in 2016. And uh, how long you been? Uh Uh, 26 years. 26. You had to think about that. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. I have to do the math in my head each time. <laughs> Praise be to God. And Fraternity of St. Peter. Uh, so just give us the elevator pitch there real quick. What's the Fraternity of St. Peter? Well, Fraternity of St. Peter is a society of apostolic life. And so, I mean, we have parishes and run seminaries and so on, apostolic work. And we were established in 1988. Um, 
of the Ecclesia Dei, um, Moto Proprio, and um, we celebrate the traditional Latin Mass and all the sacraments that go along with that. And uh, so we um, we serve the, the faithful uh, throughout the world. We have parishes everywhere, or a lot of places, um, mm-hmm. you know, serving the Amen. faithful. So. Well, so let's talk about the sacraments. Let's specifically get into the sacrament of confession. Um, it, I have had a couple of occasions in my life where I felt like the confession was just so incredible and really impactful to me personally. And I know it can be difficult to make a good confession, and I think too few of us Catholic folk are really well trained and prepared to make great confessions. So I thought it'd be great, it'd be good if we could talk about what does it mean to prepare well and to give uh, a great confession. So let's start with preparation. How does a Catholic actually examine their conscience? What's the best way to do that? Well, there's different methods one might use, and it depends on... um you know, how frequently you go to confession and where you are in your spiritual life, there would be different advice for different people, I'd say. Um, someone who's going uh, regularly for confession would, you know, if they're going weekly, they could examine themselves over time. One of the things that's always very helpful for those who go regularly or for anybody uh, go to, to, to help make a really good confession is to have a daily examine um, where you review the day and the things that uh, you did right, you did wrong make a firm purpose of amendment at that point and uh, a plan for the next day not to fall into the same sin and so on. Um, if you're doing that, you're also preparing yourself on a very regular basis so that when you go to confession, you do a little bit more extended examination of conscience. Um, um, you know, your confessions will be much more fruitful that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just, uh, you know, show up in church, oh, there's a confession line, I'll just jump in and go to confession, um, you know. It's got to be something which is very much a part of your your life. You know that it's a sacrament which is very very powerful at uh, at conversion. And you know, if I may step back a little bit, I mean, examination of conscience is very important. But understanding what the sacrament is, and uh, um, you know, also helps us to better prepare for it too. I think um, the Council of Trent in talking about the matter and form of the sacrament, like matter and form baptism. The matter is the pouring of water on the skin and the form being the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. Um, when it comes to the sacrament of penance, it's not so clear what the matter is. And the Council of Trent talked about the acts of the penitent, the um, contrition, confession, and satisfaction uh, that we do. So, you know, first we have to have sorrow for our sins, then we go to confession and then we do some sort of satisfaction for those sins. Mm-hmm. So if we really want to benefit from a really good confession, all of those elements, the acts of the penitent, have to be brought to that sacrament. And, uh, you know, so um, just like when we teach the children in the catechism, they have the picture of the hand, you know, with, <laughs> um, examine your conscience, be sorry for your sins, mm-hmm. make a firm purpose of amendment. You know, those are the acts mm-hmm. are pre- preparing for the confession. Then you go to confession. And then afterwards, you do the penance that the priest gives you. And so, Father, the often because uh, the part of the contrition is often said that uh, the the your act of contrition itself is the priest recognizing that you are contrite. But what if a priest? Because I know this happens quite often, and it has happened happens to me frequently in Houston. The a priest says, "Do your act of contrition outside the confessional," because we have a lot of people. So, what I'm just going to absolve you. You make your act of contrition outside. Is that uh, acceptable? 
Yeah, I mean, you're the the important thing is that you're sorry for your sins, um, and you know that usually you should do your act of contrition even before you go into the confessional. Mm. Um, I always like to hear the uh, the penitent express their sorrow for sin. Um, you know, the fact that they're confessing it is also an expression of their sorrow for sin. Mm. But um, you know, so it's. Uh, um, Mm. I think the best is, you know, that um, you confess your sins and you express that sorrow in front of a priest. So why not do before, during, and after then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like if we, the thing with constriction is when you, if you commit a sin and you're sorry for it right there and you're sorry out of love of God, you know, with perfect contrition, um, you can already get back into the state of grace. Um, you know, so... So expressing that act of perfect contrition uh, quickly is is something, or you know, when you can. For contrition, uh, something which is very important in our spiritual life too. So we're not, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a state of mortal sin. Now you still have to go to confession before you can receive communion. Perfect contrition, in that sense, is means I'm going to make use of the means that God established for me to have the sins absolved. Yeah. Okay, so if you make your act of perfect contrition, um, something should happen to you on the way to church to go to confession, uh, the gates of heaven are still open to you. You know, you're not, um, maybe you committed a mortal sin, but you're sorry for it, and you're sorry out of love of God, so that sin is Hmm. absolved. But it's going to be confirmed in the sacrament of penance. Yeah. We have about a minute till we go to a quick break here with Father Charles Van Fleet talking about confession. How much detail should we get into, especially in the examination portion? Before we even get to the confession box, how much detail should we be uh, examining our conscience on? Okay. Yeah, we need to have uh, an integral confession, you know, confessing all our mortal sins. Um, and you can confess venial sins, mm-hmm. but you have to confess the mortal sins, number and kind. So you have to examine yourself sufficiently to be aware of those sins and then bring them to confession. And you're always better off when you do go to confession, go to the big ones first and then <laughs> it's just kind of downhill from there, you know? Why do you look at me like that when you say that? Uh, I'm go looking, to the big I'm ones first. Because <laughs> you're across from me. <laughs> um, so... That confession, you know, if we try to kind of sneak it in, you know, like a whole bunch of sins and then slip in the big one, trying maybe the priest won't notice. Okay. Uh, You know, it it doesn't help us in our real contrition and sorrow for sin. I want to pick up right there on the other side of this very quick break. We're talking with Father Charles Van Fleet from the Fraternity of St. Peter about making a great confession. Uh, Should you confess your spouse's sins? What about a general confession? What about past sins? How much detail should you offer the priest in the confessional? All that and more coming up on the other side of this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. Be right back. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the church for evangelism today. ...in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Does the word penance seem too Catholic and unnecessary? Are you fine with the reality of repentance, but not with the idea of penance? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, good parents. Your finest son throws a ball at his brother, who with precision ducks, thus breaking the window behind him. Of course, forgiveness is granted. You then punish him for disobeying the command to not horse around in the house. So here's the rub. bank and pay for the new window. Have you had to do that? If so, then guess what? You believe in penance, not just repentance. Secondly, food and beverage trends. We have Pepsi Light, we have Yogurt Light, we have Bud Light, but can we please stop with the Christianity Light? St. Cyprian in the 4th century wrote, quote, this penance is characterized by the exercise of tears, lamentation, fasting, and abstinence. Yikes. And thirdly, my take. Remember, forgiveness is for the guilty, repentance is for the disciple, but penance is for the brave. Come on, non-Catholic pastor, teach your flock penance. Find me online at Smarty Pants Catholic Evangelism. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Father Charles Van Fleet is our guest. We're talking about making a good confession. And, and while we're at it, I have a confession to make, Father. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's been heavy on my heart. Uh, whenever I have to say the act of contrition in a confessional, I always forget. No matter how many times I say it every single night, seven days a week. We, as a family, we. But every time in the confessional, blank, blank slate. The, the important thing is the contrition, not saying the words. But I, the good news is there's a cheat sheet. <laughs> there's a cheat sheet <laughs> <are> usually yeah. <laughs> taped to the to the kneeler there, so that helps me every time. So yeah. praise be to God for that. Yeah. But I've had a couple of priests go. Um, are you Catholic? Just I should have asked this at the beginning <laughs> because I couldn't remember the act of contrition. But I, I thought it would be funny to share that. But let's get back to something you were saying a minute ago. And I was asking about how much detail we go into in examining our conscience because I think there's a, there's a bit of a balance act here about uh, scrupulosity. But at the same time, I, I would argue most of us lay folk, thinking of myself in particular, can be really easy going on ourselves, really lazy almost when it comes to truly examining what our faults are, where we're failing, and not truly bringing that to the fore. So how do we find that balance? Yeah, the, there's definitely, you know, virtue is in the mean, laxity on one end, scrupulosity on the other. Um, the virtue is going to fall in between those two. Um, this is where uh, it's something that's going to develop over time, too. Very often, someone who comes from being away from the sacraments for a long time, they're going to kind of bend over to the side of scrupulosity for a while before they come back to a mean in between there someplace. Yeah. Um, you know, someone who has just been kind of taking the sacraments for granted is mm -hmm. going to be more towards laxity. And, and this is where um, making helpful... Um, Using, you know, in the paper form of examination of conscience can sometimes be helpful. Do you have a preference of uh, what you like? Um, no, I mean, there's different ones, different people. You know, there's some for youth, for adults. Mm -hmm. They have some for priests. They have, you know, the so you, you and, of course, different um, occupations and stuff. You know, a doctor will be examining himself different than a lawyer, than a sure. radio host or something. Politician. For instance. <laughs> <laughs> and a politician, you know. Yeah. So uh, I don't think it's it's not a one-size-fits-all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, you know so each of us develops our mm-hmm. examination of conscience. Um, is there a particular category or a particular sins that you notice that lay folk, uh, maybe it's just men or women or whatever, but they tend to n- avoid, like they don't confess these sins, but you think they maybe should? Is there anything like that in your experience as a priest? Um, I mean, we always have to be very careful as a priest not to probe into things where, um, you know, it's um, unless we have a, a reason or some indication why we would probe there, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to at least in the confessional. Um, no, I mean, the thing is people have to keep developing their conscience, you know. It's not, um, um, you know, they, they have to become aware of what sin is, and this is where, you know, the faithfulness and prayer um, you know, studying the faith, reading, all of this helps to develop that foundation for making good confessions, too. Mm-hmm. You know, because people will realize, you know, after listening to a podcast or something on the faith, and they realize, hey, I've been committing that sin for a long time, and I didn't know it was a sin. Mm-hmm. You know? And so at that point, now they should confess it, and, you know, not that it was a sin the whole time, because, you know, they weren't aware of it. You have to, you know, for sin, you have to know what you're doing, full consent of the will, and be grave matter. You know, sometimes if one of those is missing, it may be a venial sin or no sin at all in a in particular case. You know, Father, um, back when I was uh, coming back into the church, this was uh, several years ago, I was finding myself in the situation where I was falling into the same sins over and over again. And as I discovered, as you mentioned, what sin was and how greatly it offended our Lord, I started to grow in love for our blessed Lord, and I wanted to do better. But I kept finding myself in a situation where I would fall into the same sins over and over again. Now, part of confession includes uh, uh, a firm purpose of amendment. In fact, in most active contritions, uh, you'll find that there is a, a firm purpose of amendment to, to get yourself out of that particular situation or situations that lead you to uh, the repetition of the sin. My question is, do you think that it's uh, the prerogative of the, of the priest in the confessional or the layperson to figure out a, a, a direction to go in, a, a strategy to get themselves out of that snare of, the, of that sin? Well, the priest will often give advice from experience, you know, uh, to give a good direction to help them avoid the sin in the future. You know, it may be, um, uh, you know, changing their schedule, you know, um, making some changes in their life that might be helpful. You know, I mean, one thing uh, where, you know, that leads to a lot of sin, a lot of wasted time is the computers and phones and stuff like that. You know, just make a point, certain time of the day, computer, phone goes in the kitchen or wherever, and it goes off. You know, know, that we don't keep it with us type thing, you know. And so we take, we might, you know, take some practical steps to help us in our spiritual progress too, you know. And so the priest might give advice in the confessional to help in that direction. Um, but the, the uh, you know, the grace of the sacrament is also going to help us in that too. You know, that's where a lot of that gets discounted. Um, you know, we have to confess mortal sins. Um, and whenever we confess a sin, we also receive the sacramental grace in the sacrament of confession to help us overcome that sin in the future. Mm. And so... Um, you know, confessing the sin is also going to help us in that amendment, you know, and that the graces are there. We have to correspond with them. It's not, um, you know, we still have to make an effort. But the graces are there to help us uh, make a change in our life 
And so, you know, that's where confessing our sins, even habitual venial sins are important to confess, which, you know, we receive the sacramental grace to make the changes so that we don't keep falling into those sins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that examination of conscience uh, is going to develop over time, too. As we go regularly to confession, we start to realize more and more. Um, you know, we can't keep going to church, praying, um, going regularly to confession, receiving communion, and keep down the same sinful paths all the time. Mm-hmm. We're either going to keep converting and keep turning to our Lord and making improvements in our spiritual life, or we're going to be turning away from those things, falling away and following after sin. Amen. So we have to make some choices too. You know, it's uh, it's not magic. It's I mean, we it's God's grace is there to help us, but we have to correspond with those graces. Amen. And that's where the perseverance in prayer, sacrifice, studying our faith, receiving the sacraments, um, you know, and, and you know, and receiving the sacraments with worthily with devotion and love, you know, mm-hmm. and this is where the sacrament of confession really is the encounter with Christ. He gave the power to bind and loose to the apostles, and that is passed down, you know, through the juridical power in the church to the priests. The only reason I can hear confessions here in Houston is because I have the uh, faculties from his eminence to do so, you know, and as a result of having it here, I can hear confessions anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's there's a juridical act that's going to take place here too. You know, we're going mm-hmm. to the tribunal of you know the sacrament of penance where we accuse ourselves of sin, mm-hmm. and God in His mercy absolves us of them. Mm-hmm. If we're going to hide our sins from Him, um, He knows it. But you know, it's also going to affect our our uh, our uh, being forgiven of sin or the. Uh, the amount of um, graces and stuff, so on, that will help us make progress in our spiritual life. Uh, Father, so, we only have a few more minutes in our conversation, and I wanted to ask about a general confessions. Uh, I hardly hear people talk about it. I only found out that it was a thing a few years ago, and I found it to be a very interesting concept. To a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's uh, you know, use it in um, when you're changing states in life." Uh, some other people are saying it's a good practice to do once a year or things like that. Could you talk about what is a general confession and how would one make one if they wanted to? Okay, general confession is going to involve a longer period of time. And being a longer period of time, you're not going to be able to go into the details of a regular confession. Um, you know, so, But you should have a reason for doing a general confession. Like you don't want to go to do, try to do a general confession every week or something like that. Um, you're always going to be digging up things from the past, and, and that's not going to help and may even lead to scrupulosity, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, certainly change of state in life, you're recommended to do a general confession. If you're going to enter a seminary, get married, um, you want to do a general confession. So that's going to involve examining yourself over your life or mm-hmm. over a period from your last general confession um, you know, and, and, and confessing the sins, making sure that, um, you know, you have true contrition and help you on your, in your way in the next day in life. Another reason for doing a general confession is if you did a bad confession at some point, um, let's say you were embarrassed about a particular sin that you committed, you left it out of confession, and you haven't been able to bring yourself to mention it in confession, but you're aware of it. 
all those confessions since that bad confession are bad confessions and need to be repeated. Oh, wow. And so that would be a general confession would fall into place there if it's a excellent ex- extended yeah. period of time or something. So you would want to make it probably make an appointment with the priest if it's going to be something that's going to be extended time yeah. or, you know, don't try to just slip into a long lineup of people. Yeah. It'll, you'll be embarrassed when you get out if it's a 20-minute confession and there's a lineup <laughs> around the church. You know? yeah. we're, we're, um, we're down to just about a minute here left in this segment with Father uh, Charles Van Fleet about confession. Can I just sneak in a couple of really quick fire questions? Number one is, uh, what about sins you've confessed in the past? Let's assume they're good confessions, but they still haunt you. Do you do you bring them back up in the confessional? You can. I usually recommend people to do that in a more general way after confessing their sins since their last confession. Okay. So I'm sorry for these sins, yeah. all the sins of my past life, especially yeah. sins against purity or anger or whatever it may yeah. be. And you have to obviously c- confess your sins, not the sins of your spouse. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to tell my wife you said that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, how often should one receive confession before every communion? No, no, that would be uh, burdensome for yourself as well as, you know, for the pastor and stuff of the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me, if okay, let me if you have a mortal sin, you go to confession as soon as possible. Well, last quick question because we're running out of time now. Uh, how much detail does a, does a confession confessor give to the priest? Um, sufficient to know the nature of the sin, the number of times committed, and if there are any circumstances that aggravate or mitigate the, okay. the gravity of the sin. Would you give us a blessing? Certainly. Bereisho de omnipotentis, Patris Espiris, Spiritus Santo de Shen, Super Vosme, Semper. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Father Charles Van Fleet, the Fraternity of St. Peter, thank you for your time today. God bless you and God love you. That is going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, David L. Gray is going to be on. We'll see you then or we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you and God love you. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Creating good habits is an important part to family life, especially at the beginning of a school year. St. Francis said, let us begin again, for until now, we have done nothing. This is a great inspiration for us because we're probably the most consistently inconsistent parents out there, and we're always beginning again. It's hard to create habits in ourselves, let alone in a group of children. To start a new family habit, you need to first sit down and create a plan with your spouse. Remember, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent, not enough time on what is truly important. 
Then you need to implement the plan together. Think about the pushback you're going to get from your kids and be ready to deal with it. Talk to the older kids ahead of time and try to get their buy-in. Connect any new habits with a bigger vision for your family life. And keep them motivated. Connect your habits with good things that kids like to do. Show them the positive consequences of their actions. For more information and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Sarah, a parishioner at Annunciation, and you're listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network on AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Radio for your soul. Charles Van Fleet from the Fraternity of St. Peter talking about confession. When's the last time you made a really great confession? Like, whew, man, that was, that was good. Like, you, you're on your knees, you know, you're praying your... Uh, your, your seven full-length rosaries. I'm talking, about, you know, 150 Hail Marys per, you know, so you got that times seven as, you, as your penance. I mean, that's that's what you guys get standard, right? Because that's, that's pretty standard for me. MACGA. What, what do you guys get for penance, by the way? Make confession great again. What do you get What do you get for penance normally? I usually get a decade mm-hmm. of the rosary mm-hmm. for the Holy Souls in Purgatory, really? which I appreciate because, man, wow. they're forgotten. Only a decade. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. Like, uh, that's more of just oof. the only get, um, kind of penance that they give out. Mm-hmm. I get half a Hail Mary. <laughs> really? Yeah. Half, half, half a Hail Mary, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oof. What's the halfway point? You know, it's mm. at, at our Lord's name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. they say half our father. Mm-hmm. Really? So, yeah. So, you know, it just, it just wow. depends. Depends. I, if I'm like, if I did something really bad, they might yeah. say, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. You're going to have to say a whole Hail Mary. Whole Hail Mary? Yeah, I, uh, whole my radar Mary. went off one time. I went to confession mm-hmm. at a, a parish I never go to. And the priest was like, you know what? I'm not going to give you any any penance. What? Yeah. He's yeah. like, it wasn't that bad. What? <laughs> Come on. Bad. Father, what? I you just a, undermined the whole thing yeah. here. You know, you know what I despise? I despise when priests say, uh, give a penance like, do something nice for someone. Yeah, because so it's, it's that too. too it's too unclear. Should I just uh, buy them a coffee? Yeah. Like, right. It's like, can I just yeah. say a Hail Mary for them? That's something yeah. nice for them. It's like, nice. What, it's what nice. do you mean by well, Adrian? What you nice do is you get in the drive-through line, right? Yeah. Mm. And then you purchase the person behind you's food. Oh, that's that's what, how you do something. And then nice. you force the people behind you to buy one for the. Person but then right you now. record the whole thing and you put it on TikTok. That's right. So it's a double banger. So you do something nice for yourself. You get that affirmation, digital affirmation, good stuff. I have been told in the confessional, hey. Listen, you're a good guy. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't what? need to hear that right now. <laughs> Father, excuse me? I've, if I don't condemn myself now, I don't want to be condemned later, okay? Man, <laughs> I wish, I wish. Let's do this thing, Father. Father. Father typically tells me the opposite. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, great conversation. I really kind of wish we had more time to yeah. answer more detailed questions and kind of get into some of the more nitty gritty, but maybe we'll have to have him back. That was fun. Praise God. So if you missed that conversation and you wanted to, uh, to hear the whole conversation we had with Father Van Fleet about confession, you can always check out the podcast. It's available on uh, our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. It's also available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app, which is available in your iOS and Android app store. Make sure to download that today. It's free. Not only do you get the CDT podcast in there, uh, it's available in the flyout, but also you can listen to your local GRN radio station live, crystal clear 24-7. You can also uh, get contact information for your local GM, uh, praise be to God, Scott programming schedule and a lot more information you can just uh, download that app today go to the guadalupe radio network in your app store just uh, search for the grn there guadalupe radio network and you should be able to find that download that today check out the podcast but we are grateful to all of those who have left us five-star reviews in the apple itunes store that really helps us to reach a whole new audience i mean every time we get a five-star review the Apple iTunes algorithm says, hey, people like this content, and then they show it to strangers. So it's a fantastic way to help reach people, plant seeds in their hearts, and uh, you never know. And the, the, the actual reviews themselves have just been really, really affirming for what we're trying to accomplish here at Catholic Drive Time. So thank you so much for that and, uh, and all your five-star reviews, but praise be to God. Uh, speaking of the, uh, the confessant, uh, the confessor and the... Uh, Confessy relationship being complicated at times. David L. Gray joins us now from davidlgray.info. Good morning to you, David. <laughs> How's it going? Good morning, John. Uh, fascinating fact. I did call your confessor, and we had an, a fascinating conversation prior to today's show. And uh, I have a list, a top ten list of uh, sins confessed by David L. Gray. Was that appropriate or not <laughs> top appropriate? Top ten. Is automatic <laughs> yeah. automatic excommunication uh, for that priest. <laughs> Is it really an yeah. automatic excommunication? If, if you uh, reveal, if you break Reveals. the seal of confession, Come on, automatic man. excommunication. Didn't Australia make it like you have to tell? And not only yeah. is that, but the only way mm-hmm. they can get the excommunication mm-hmm. lifted mm-hmm. is they have to go and confess mm-hmm. to the Pope. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the only <sighs> one who can lift the excommunication on that well, particular thing. Well, I mean, if he sees yeah. people like he sees Cardinal Zen, it should be fairly easy then, yeah, well, I would say. He may, just... he may die outside the church, because <laughs> you may never get an audience with the Pope. <laughs> right. uh, well, the, the, the circus seems to get a frequent audience with the Pope. Maybe he just disguises a clown or something. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> that's a different story for a different day. David L. Gray, good morning to you. If you feel like revealing the top ten, I'd be happy to listen. Otherwise, how are you? Yeah, I, I think we'll keep that a secret, just like, you know, some of the Vatican <laughs> Bank's finances. Yeah, you know, right. we'll, yes. <laughs> Praise <laughs> be to God. Let's, let's talk about that. There was an article out of the CNA yesterday. It said, Pope Francis instructs Vatican entities to move all funds to Vatican Bank by September the 30th. Um, it, I, listen, I'm not a banker. I'm not a financial guru. I did stay at a Holiday Inn once, but nonetheless... <laughs> Uh, there's been a pretty good track record of financial scandals coming out of the Vatican Bank. I mean, even The Godfather talked about this in their movie. I mean, so what's going on here? Yeah, so I think altogether this is really just an effort of Pope Francis continually um, to wanting to reform the Vatican Bank finances. I, w- I would say it's one of the, of all things that he's done since he's been Pope, this may be, his work here may be some more of the, more positive things he's done and just quick background so prior to the institution of the vatican bank by pope pius the 13th in 1942 you know what was the vatican doing what was holy see doing with their money well it was in various banks um they were you know raising money through you know we know the history you know raising money through um indulgences sometimes um gift shops um, Peter's Pence, but this money was in various banks. So in 1942, 
they consolidated it into one Vatican bank in Vatican City. And um, it was primarily to prevent Western entities, Western governments to find out what's going on with their money because your mm-hmm. money's in different countries and different banks. Other countries know what's going on. So this is the issue, you know, around World War One or World War Two, And, you know, there's a lot of history there. But what the Vatican was doing that, you know, help, you know, you know, help other countries during that time. But anyway, so but since 1971, the Vatican Bank has been, you know, um, diversifying their funds. They've been um, buying stocks. You know, they have a rule not to own more than 6% of a, um, a corporation now, but, you know, money's been floating around. So this has created, a, you know, a lot of scandals, a lot of fraud, um, bankruptcies at some points in time in the 1980s. So it's been pretty messy and pretty nasty. People went to prison. There's been, there's trials going on right now with fraud yeah. with the deal in London. I know you talked, you've talked about that. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty messy. So what Pope Francis is trying to do here, he's trying to one, create transparency um, by putting all the funds in one place. And second, he wants to, um, consolidate the funds, get them out of other people's hands so that everything is housed in one place. This is going to create more revenue for the bank. Um, most of its, its clients are religious orders. So mm. it's, there's a lot of positive things here, but also when you consolidate funds, there's a lot of risk. So it may not prevent future fraud. So, okay, let, help me understand. Uh, does the Vatican require diocese to use the Vatican Bank? There's no requirement for uh, diocese to use the Vatican Bank. So and there's no requirement for religious orders either. Just half of their clients just happen to be religious orders. So each bishop can determine who it banks with, who they bank with. Correct. Wow. Uh, so the Vatican entities that he's requiring to use the Vatican Bank, who are these entities? Well, he's he's not requiring anyone to use the Vatican Bank. What he's requiring is that the Vatican Bank that has holdings in other financial institutions. Oh. Um, whether it's land, whether it's physical or whether it's liquid to bring all that money home. Yeah. Um, it would just be like you and I, we have, you know, a few different accounts, you know, we, we want to manage that money better, maybe create more interest. We want to merge it, bring it all together, just house it in just one bank instead of multiple institutions. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the whole summer of shame, the Vigano and all of that, Vigano the blogger, I call him these days. Uh, it, he, when he was in charge of the bank, he uncovered, wasn't it hundreds of millions of dollars? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, 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 I mean, it's just a, a litany. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's just so hard to go through. Um, I think early in 2000, I think, I think he's talking about the one in 2000, from 2007, 2001 to 2007. There was a secretary of the state who was using um, Vatican funds. It was a bunch of money laundering with him and his assistant. I think that's the one that uh, Vigano uncovered. And that guy, the secretary, died, but his his assistant did go to prison for like eleven months or something like wow. that. So, um, and then yeah, he got shipped off after uncovering all those millions of dollars that were being uh, hidden in the Vatican Bank there. And then Cardinal Pell was also uncovering a lot of dirt, and we all know he ended up in uh, solitary confinement for at least a year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's yeah, I think a lot of people have done... It's kind of like people who try to uncover things that's going on in the Holy See or in the Vatican, sometimes... You know, being a whistleblower in the in the Vatican is a dangerous proposition. 
<laughs> it seems, yeah. Like, uh, thanks, Your Holiness. Uh, I think I'm going to pass. If there's like a janitorial position, let me know. I'm happy to do that. But uh, actually in charge of it, no, thank you. Uh, it doesn't end well for anybody who's in charge of these things. <laughs> no, it doesn't end well. And you talk to someone like uh, Father Murr, you know, his book, The 33, Murder of 33 Degrees. I mm. mean, two people tried to. Um, spill the beans on, you know, Freemasons in, in, in the Catholic Church. Um, according to Murr, you know, one pub got murdered over that whole deal. So, um, yeah, it's being a whistleblower in the Vatican. Um, yeah, you're better off just going to get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> That's right. Like, why, Your Holiness, why do you hate me so much to put me in charge of the Vatican? What have I done to you? Uh, it is a joke, but at the same time, it's been a very uh, critical and crazy situation because the money laundering has happened. There has been intrigue. There has been scandal. Uh, and of course, when we're now seeing, I was talking about this, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Uh, the financial scandal, and they're calling it a huge court case there at the Vatican, is still going right. on. And Cardinal Becciu may be reinstated. He's kind of been invited to the Cardinal Club coming up at the end of this month. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on there? Any insight? And they're calling it the trial of the century. One person recently joked that this may this trial may go on until two twenty fifty, right? And so they, they're up to like two hundred witnesses, people testifying. And so, um, and this really just all involves. I think this one all involves the uh, what happened with the property over in Sloan Street in London. Um, so there was a loss of about three hundred fifty million euros. Wow. Um, and this was involved uh, money that we sent to the to the Vatican for Peter's Pence. So that, that was our money. That was I stolen. thought that was uh, contested. Some I thought I saw a report that said they they said no, that didn't come from Peter Spence. I saw I've, I've kind of seen both sides. Some say yes, it did, and some say no, it didn't. But either way, where does the Vatican get money if it's not from the lay faithful? So, well, one place is Vatican City, right? You go there. There's the gift shops. There's the coins. There's the merch. You know, the Vatican has the merch. <laughs> that's so, right. That's one that's place. Fun. But also, again, the Vatican Bank is the Vatican Bank itself. Last year, well, the revenue has been declining, but last year they made, well, 2019 they made about 20 million dollars just on investments. Really? So, um, and this, this is, this is, they, they've come quite a way. In 1971, I think the total asset holdings was about 150 million. So now we're talking about their assets are well into the, the billions now. Mm. And like I said, Pope Francis now, he wants to consolidate all that just into the Vatican Bank. So they're not broke by any standard with mm -hmm. liquid and, and physical assets. Wow. Wow. Golly gee whiz. We'll have to be keeping the financials in our prayers because. The scandal's been pretty crazy. Hopefully, it gets resolved and uh, we see justice here. But uh, yeah. on a brighter side, the good news is... And also, is, I think there's also there... Oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, on the brighter side, the good news is pretty soon, you could be our on-the-ground correspondent in uh, in Rome. Since you'll only be a train ride away from, from good old Germany, Bavaria, uh, high-speed train ride back to Rome, I'm, that maybe only take you a couple of hours. We'll put you all right there in St. Peter's Square reporting live. That's going to be fun. That would be so fun. I can't wait to go get a Vatican bank account myself. <laughs> Do you think they'll give you one? I'm just curious. Wow. And then a press pass, maybe? No. <laughs> the sky's the limit for journalist David L. Gray. DavidLGray.info is his website. You should check it out. The Gray Report. DavidLGray.info. David, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for your insight today. 
<laughs> Have your rest of your day. All right. We're going to play the game show next. If you would like to win prizes, call right now, 877-757-9424. Three trivia questions, three opportunities to win this week's prize pack, 877-757-9424. Be right back. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe, and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas. Just, you're not supposed to tell anybody. All right? So that's rule number one. But there are a few things we like to do here. Uh, of course, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And there's at least one thing in the questions today I'm pretty sure you didn't know. So you're going to learn something, praise God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. Our callers are are amazing. They laugh with us. They chuckle. And we appreciate that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which basically incentivizes you to call us and be a part of the game show. And we love that as well. But uh, nonetheless, there is a catch to all of this. Number one, I don't ask the caller the question. So they don't need to know. They could not know a single correct answer and still win this game. And instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy and Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? 
And then every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. We were listening. We were listening very intently. We saw a lot of chatter, a lot of messages about how you wanted to win mm-hmm. a CDT mug. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do we're going to do that for you this week. We're going to give you a CDT prize pack along with a signed CDT mug. It's a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, and you can't buy it anywhere. You can only what? win it here on Fear uh, and Trembling. It's not in our merch store? No, we don't have one. What? Yo, that's news to me. I thought we had a merch store. We don't have a merch store? No, we don't. Man, I guess we're going to get a good merch store. Joe, Joe doesn't think it's a very cool prize, but I know you do. Well, you have an opportunity to win it, so uh, you'll have three more chances tomorrow. All the way up to Friday, so make sure to call in early if you uh, if you want to get in on that. Let's go to the phones. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Danny. Where are you calling from? Sunnyvale, Texas. Sunnyvale, Texas. Where is Sunnyvale, Texas? It's uh, just outside of Mesquite, which is on the east side of the DSW Metroplex. Oh, okay. Praise be to God. Hey, uh, how's the flooding going on up there? Oh, it's all, at least where we're at, it's all good. We were just happy to get the rain. I forgot what it looked like down here. Right. You put the canoe away then? (laughs) I mean, we went from drought to torrential downpours. That's a pretty drastic change. Hopefully everybody was okay in your neck of the woods. Now, where do you go to church, Danny? Uh, St. Michael's and Garland. Wonderful. Praise God. St. Michael's. I think I've, I have been there, but it's been a very long time. Uh, do you know the rules, Danny? Do you, do you understand how this game works? I wouldn't mind hearing them again. Okay, so here's how this is going to go down. i got three Catholic tribute questions. Uh, I will ask Rudy and Adrian the questions. So, you, you know, you just, all you have to do is decide either Rudy or Adrian is giving you the correct answer. And uh, if you get it right, you go into the cup. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm ready. All right. Praise be to God. We will start with Team Rudy, as is our custom, our patrimony, our church-approved, CDF-approved tradition. Canonically approved. Is it that as well? I think so. Okay. The the council approved. I know that one. Valid and licit? Valid and licit. It's a valid and licit tradition. Good morning to you, Team Rudy. Good morning. Praise God. No tie, checkered blue shirt. Checkered blue shirt. No tie. No tie. Uh, Are you ready, sir? I'm ready, and it's hard to match ties with checkered patterns. I know. Yeah. Uh, but kids today, they wouldn't even bother to care. They just throw any pattern tie on any pattern shirt, and yeah. they just go for it. They call that style. Well, I'm a tie guy, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mismatch it. All right. All right. You guys got integrity. All I have, right. I have, yeah. All right. Let's start Sometimes. with uh, Let's start with an easy one or a historical one. Again, my favorite category of all time. Are okay. you ready, sir? I'm ready. Can you tell me? Who was Giovanni Battista Montini? <laughs> Who was Giovanni Battista Montini? Well, most people haven't heard of him because it's a uh, it's a position of low lowliness. Most is people it? don't understand this, but there is a pontifical janitor position, and that really? was that was him in the sixties. A pontifical janitor. Yes. Huh? They call me janitor. Azuko? <laughs> okay. Janitore. Janitore. All right, let's see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian, could you tell me who is Giovanni Battista Montini? Giovanni Battista Montini. Would yeah, that's be, what I said. Would be Paul the Sixth. Like the Pope. Like the Pope. Like you're just, Like that's the Pope. Yeah, Paul the huh. Sixth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's got that. Uh, um, 
All other right. name. If you if you insist. Danny, oh, you got choices here. Uh, Adrian says it would be Pope St. Paul VI, uh, but Rudy is pretty confident that Giovanni Battista Montini is actually the pontifical janitor. Um, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny in Sunnyvale, Texas. What say you? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Adrian. Just got to. You know, like, what choice do you Are have, you Danny? sure? <laughs> Don't feel bad, Danny. Don't. You know, I know it can be very difficult to admit Adrian is correct publicly, but nonetheless, you had to do it, and you are correct. Pope St. Paul VI is the right answer. You're in the cup, Danny. Congratulations. All right. I would have liked to hear that it was the janitor, though. That would have been pretty impressive. <laughs> who, who is the pontifical Wouldn't that janitor? Wouldn't be funny, actually? I want to know. It's probably a... I bet it's a religious community. I was going to say that. It's probably somebody in a religious community. But All right. You're in. Pope St. Paul VI was the correct answer. Let's answer this next one. Uh, I, I Fairly easy? I don't know. Let's just see. We're going to go with uh, Adrian first. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. I'm glad we've we've cleared okay, that up. Let's move on. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, anyway, can you tell me what is the name given to people in the early church who were learning to be Christians but not yet baptized? Yes, I can tell you. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wanted me to ask please? Tell- oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Okay. I, thought just, I thought you were just wondering if I could. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you capable yeah. of answering? Yeah. Sorry, okay. may I call oh, yeah. uh, Sure. Now yes. I know what your professors were thinking yeah. this whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I just got to, you know, distinctions. Got to be, got to be clear, yes. very specific. Mm-hmm. But yes, that would be the catechumens. Oh. Thing. They had to be. Uh, they had to leave mass after the mass of the catechumens. I see. So after the gospel, at the sermon, right. bye bye. <laughs> Is that what they said? Yeah, they're like, bye bye. Do they say it in Greek, Latin, and in Hebrew at the time? Uh, I mean, you know, they, the they actually said the bye bye in vernacular. Oh, I yeah. see. Bye bye. Well, all right. Let's see what Rudy says. Rudy, can you tell me what is the name given to people in the early church who were learning to be Christians but not yet baptized? Yes, there's a very famous hymn. Uh, it's known as Johannes cum Nuper. Really? Yes. Johannes cum Nuper. Yes, that's what they used to call them. Mind blown. I never the heard Nupers. of it. The Nupers. The Nupers? Yep. Oh, okay, like, almost like newbies? It's like Is that the root of newbie? Possibly? Mm, Nuper? Something I'm, like that. I don't know. Okay. All right, uh, Danny, you got choices. Rudy seems to think that these uh, not yet baptized on the way to be Christian people were called... Johnny Cum Nooper. Uh, but Adrian says they're called catechumens. Pretty on the nose. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny and Sunnyvale, what say you? Well, Rudy sounds like he really, really knows what he's talking about. So I think I'm going to go with Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> That's Latin for Johnny come lately. Johannes cum nooper is Latin for Johnny come lately. The new kids in town. Johnny come lately. Everybody hey. loves him. Oh, wow. Don't Our let us down. Uh, don't let us down. Okay, so <laughs> the catechumens is the correct answer. There That's you right. go. Praise be to God. Hey, uh, reminded me of the, uh, uh, what's his name? St. Justin Martyr's first apology. Not just anybody got to go to communion. Why is he apologizing? Not just anybody. The doors were pretty much locked for most people. All right. Good good job. You're in. You're not swinging at these curveballs, Danny. I'm very proud of you. Let's see if we can get a perfect score here today. We're going to go back to Team Rudy for this third question. Rudy, 
Yeah. What is the word commonly used to describe non-Jewish people? They call us goyim dogs, they but do. they just say That's goyim true. for short because they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be, they don't want to be off-putting to you. Yeah, they just call so, you goyim, goyim, and you're like, oh, is that like buddy? Okay. Yeah, it means pal. It <laughs> does it. Mm-hmm. Goyim. goyim. That's your answer. Goyim. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian, I know that you're an expert in all things Hebrew and Judaism. Uh, could you tell me what is the word commonly used to describe non-Jews? Well. Well, goyim is a word that's used <laughs> to mean a non-Jew. Yeah, huh? The word that's used in Holy Scripture is Gentiles. Really? Mm-hmm. I seem to recall something about Gentiles in Scripture. Are you sure? I am uh, pretty sure. I've it, been mostly sure all day. Is, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> yeah. Mostly sure. Is that your final answer? And my final answer is, uh-huh. in fact, Gentiles. I think we should add an element. We should call one of his professors someday. Oh, yeah? Have him fact-checked live on air. Right. That'd be fun. Think, uh, excuse me, uh, Sister Chow. <laughs> would you say that a goyim dog is another word for a non-Jew? Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, all right. So is, uh, is the word Gentile, as Adrian says, or is it goyim as uh, Rudy is suggesting, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Danny, what say you, sir? I'm going to have to go with Adrian again for the creeper. I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> uh, was that, we weren't fooled by that, right, Danny? That was pretty straightforward. <laughs> that was pretty good. I've been still stuck on the janitorial one, though, but it, uh, <laughs> it almost distracted me. Almost, but you didn't swing on it. Praise be to God. Perfect score, Danny. Congratulations. You're in for three. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to tune in Friday to know if it's God's holy will that your name should come out of that cup. But uh, we'll be praying for you in the meantime. God bless you, Danny. Have a great day. Wherever you're going today, we will keep you in our prayers. God bless you all. Enjoy it. Yeah, we're going to put you on hold. But that's going to do it for the Radio Scientist Show. Thanks for joining us today and all of our conversation about confession. If you have conversations about uh, confession you would still like to have. Join us in the after show where we will interact directly with you. You get to comment and drive that conversation on one of our live video feeds, which is all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, it's all there. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass of Our Lady of Corpus Christi. Today we celebrate the feast of the glorious apostle Saint Bartholomew. We offer this holy sacrifice for all of our online viewers and all those listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Father, we thank thee who has planted thy holy name within our hearts 
knowledge and faith and life immortal, Jesus thy Son to us imparts. The Lord didst make all for thy pleasure, didst give man food for all his days. Giving in Christ the bread eternal, thine is the power, be thine the praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus, bone voluntatis, langamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te, gratias agimus tibi, Propter magnam gloriam tuam, Domine Deus rex celestis, Deus pater omnipotens, Domine fili unigenite, Jesu Christe, Domine Deus agnus Dei, Filius patris, Quit all his peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Quit all his peccata mundi, succipet deprecationem nostram. Quis edes ad dexterem patris, miserere nobis. Quoniam tu solus sanctus, Tu solus dominus, tu solus altitissimus, Jesu Christe, cum sancto spiritu, in gloria Tei patris. Amen. Let us pray. Strengthen us, O Lord, the faith by which the blessed Apostle Bartholomew clung wholeheartedly to your Son, and grant that through the help of his prayers your church may become for all the nations the sacrament of salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
A reading from the book of Revelation. The angel spoke to me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He took me in spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It gleamed with the splendor of God. Its radiance was like that of a precious stone, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a massive high wall with twelve gates where twelve angels were stationed and on which the names were inscribed, the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. There were three gates facing east, three north, three south, and three west. The wall of the city had twelve courses of stones as its foundation, on which were inscribed the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The word of the Lord. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord. And let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Make known to men your might and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages, and your dominion endures through all generations. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate the feast of St. Bartholomew, otherwise known as Nathaniel. 
And Nathaniel here in the gospel is someone who is a pure-hearted Israelite, and the expression of being under the fig tree is an expression of waiting for the Messiah. It's a, a disposition of soul. And so when Jesus said to Philip, I saw you under the fig tree, he's saying he read his soul, he, he knows his name. Jesus knows Bartholomew and loves him. And that's what he responded to. That's why that's what merited the response of saying, you, you must be the son of God because you just read my soul. You know my very being. You know what is most important to me. And this is very important for people who are doing apostolic work in the church. You are known by Jesus. He sees you. He sees what you are doing, and he loves you. To be known and to be loved by Jesus Christ is the basis of what apostolic work is. It's the foundation. The apostles were those that spent their company in the presence of Christ. So much so that at the resurrection, St. John could identify Jesus by the way that he folded his clothes at the, you know, they folded the, the, the resurrection cloth and said, well, that's the way Jesus folds his clothes because I spent the past three years of my life living with him, sleeping under the canopy of, of, of this night sky. And I, I know how, how you would fold something. And they, they, they lived with him and they knew him. And this is the important basis of everything because to proclaim Jesus Christ, you have to have deep spiritual communion with him. You have to live with him. And anything that we do in the name of Christ is being sent by him. That's, in fact, the word apostle is one who is sent in the name of Jesus. And that's, it's, a, it's great consolation at times, even especially when apostolic work can be very difficult. You have to lean on being sent by God. And, and remember that your origin is not of your own doing, and that's another thing, that we want to not be creatures of self-will and do things as we see fit or as we would prefer them, but to always see ourselves as being sent by the Lord and ask the Lord to be the one to, to guide us in everything that we're doing. And this is a great consolation. The other thing for us to remember also is Mary, Queen of the Apostles, that she was the kind of the mother hen of the nest. She took care of the apostles and gathered them together. When Even after the resurrection, when they were afraid of the persecution, and she kind of gathered them together and, and kept them and you know prayed for them, interceded for them. And when the church was lacking in its apostolic zeal, she prayed, uh, interceded for this great apostle, St. Paul. And you know she is the queen of the apostles. She's the one who... Uh, praise for the, the church, praise for bishops, praise for the, the spiritual activity of the church. And to, to have that kind of heart of our Blessed Mother Mary as well, and the love for the apostolicity of, of the church. Let us pray today and ask St. Bartholomew, St. Uh, Nathaniel, ask him that we may see ourselves as known and loved by Christ and sent by Christ. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, 
that the church founded on the apostles may be faithful to apostolic teaching. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may have that apostolic zeal. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our government leaders, that they may not obstruct the gospel, the natural law written on every human heart. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. And for all of our beloved dead, we pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Trinity, we adore you. Lay our lives before you, how we love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we celebrate anew the feast day of St. Bartholomew, O Lord, we pray that we may obtain your help through the intercession of the Apostle, in whose honor we bring you the sacrifice of praise, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Father, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you, Eternal Shepherd, do not desert your flock, but through the blessed apostles, watch over it and protect it always, so that it may be governed by those who have appointed shepherds to lead it in the name of your Son. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaho, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. 
You are indeed a holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Bartholomew, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you summon before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom, there we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. 
Procepti salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audehimus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum dan nobis odie, et emite nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, we totally speak mundi, misere no hobbies. On you stay, we totally speak mundi, Donna nobis pahacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon, I confer a kingdom on you, just as my Father has conferred on, on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, 
Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransom healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in his faithfulness. Father, like he tends and spares us, well our feeble frame he knows, in his hand he gently bears us, faces us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia, widely yet his mercy flows. Let us pray. As we celebrate the feast day of the blessed Apostle Bartholomew, we have received the pledge of eternal salvation, O Lord. And we pray it may be of help to us both now and for the life to come through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Ducedo, et spes nostra salve. Ad te clamamus, exules filii heve, ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo, Advocata nostra, ilos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis, post hoc exilium, ostenende. O clemens, o pia. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Macy from St. Teresa's in Sugar Land.